Chapter Thirteen of The Temptation of Saint Anthony by Gustave Flaubert, translated by Lafcadio Hearn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tony Addison. Seven. Anthony finds himself lying upon his back at the verge of the cliff. The sky commences to blanch. Is it the glow of dawn? Or only an effect of moonlight? Antony finds himself lying upon his back at the verge of the cliff. The sky commences to blanch. Is it the glow of dawn? Or only an effect of moonlight he tries to rise falls back his teeth chattering i feel such a helplessness of weakness as though all my bones were broken why ah the devil i remember he even repeated to me all that i learned from the aged didymus respecting the opinions of xenophanes heraclitus of melissus of anaxagoras concerning the infinite the creation the impossibility of knowing anything and yet i believe that i could unite myself to god laughing bitterly <laughs> madness madness is the fault mine prayer has become intolerable to me. My heart is dry as a rock. Once it was wont to overflow with love. The sand used to smoke of mornings, like the odorous dust of a censer. At sunset, flowers of fire used to bloom upon the cross. And in the middle of the night, it often seemed as though all beings and all things lying under the same awful silence were adoring the Lord with me. Oh, charms of prayer, felicities of ecstasy, gifts of heaven, what have become of you? I remember a voyage I made with Ammon in search of a solitary place suited for the establishment of a monastery. It was the last evening. We hastened our steps, walked side by side, murmuring hymns without conversing, as the sun sank, the shadows of our bodies lengthened like two obelisks, continually growing taller and moving before us. Here and there we planted crosses, made with fragments of our sticks, to mark the site of a future cell. Night was tardy in her coming, and waves of darkness overspread the earth, even while a vast rose-coloured light still glowed in heaven. When I was a child, I used to amuse myself by building hermitages with pebbles. My mother, sitting beside me, would watch me so attentively. Will she not have cursed me for having abandoned her? Will she not have plucked out her white hair by handfuls in the despair of her grief? And her corpse remains lying on the floor of the hut, under the roof of reeds, between the crumbling walls. 
through an orifice a hyena snuffing thrusts his head advances his mouth oh horror horror sobbing no amonaria will not have abandoned her where is she now amonaria perhaps at the further end of a bathroom she removes her garments one after the other first the mantle then the girdle then the first tunic the second lighter tunic all her necklaces and the vapour of cinnamon envelops her naked limbs at last she lies down upon the tepid mosaic her long hair spreading below the curve of her hips seems like a sable fleece and the oppressiveness of the heated air causes her to pant her waist arched her breast standing out what my flesh repels again even in the midst of grief am i tortured by concupiscence to be subjected thus unto two tortures at once is beyond endurance i can no longer bear myself he leans over and gazes into the abyss the man who should fall would be killed nothing easier it were only necessary to roll over upon my left side only one movement one then suddenly appears an aged woman antony starts to his feet in a fright it seems to him that he beholds his mother arisen but this woman is far older and prodigiously thin a shroud knotted about her head hangs down together with her white hair so as to cover her legs slender as crutches the brilliancy of her ivory-coloured teeth make her earthy skin darker still the orbits of her eyes are full of shadow and far back within them two flames vacillate like the lamps of sepulchres she exclaims advance what hinders thee antony stammering i f fear to commit a sin she replies but king saul killed himself razias a just man killed himself saint pelagia of antioch killed herself domina of aleppo and her two daughters all three saints killed themselves and remember also how many confessors delivered themselves up to the executioner in their impatient longing for death that they might enjoy death more speedily the virgins of miletus strangled themselves with their girdles at syracuse the philosopher hegesias preached so eloquently upon death that men deserted the lupanas to go hang themselves in the fields the patricians of Baum sought for death as a new form of debauch antony i the love of death is strong 
and many an anchorite has succumbed to it the old woman to do that which will make thee equal unto god think he created thee thou wilt destroy his work thou and by thy courage of thy own free will the enjoyment that erostratus knew was not greater than this and moreover thy body has so long mocked thy soul that it is full time thou shouldst take vengeance upon it thou wilt not suffer it will soon be over of what art thou afraid a wide black hole perhaps it is a void antony hearkens without replying and upon the other side appears another woman young and marvellously beautiful at first he takes her to be Amenaria, but she is taller blonde as honey very plump with paint upon her cheeks and roses upon her head her long robe weighty with spangles gleams with metallic lustre her fleshy lips are sanguinolent and her somewhat heavy eyelids are so drowned with languor that one would almost take her to be blind she murmurs nay live and joy solomon counsels joy follow the guiding of thy heart and the desire of thine eyes antony what joy is there for me my heart is weary my eyes are dim she answers seek the suburb of rakotis push open a door that is painted blue and when thou shalt be in the atrium where a fountain jet murmurs unceasingly a woman will present herself before thee in peplos of white silk striped with gold her hair is unloosed her laugh like the clatter of kratoli she is skilful in her caress thou wilt taste the pride of initiation and the appeasement of desire hast ever pressed to thy bosom a virgin who loved thee dost remember the surrenders of her modesty the passing away of her remorse in a sweet flow of tears thou canst even now imagine thyself walking with her canst thou not in the wood by the light of the moon at each pressure of your joined hands a sweet shuddering passes through you both looking closely into each other your eyes seem to outpour into one another something like immaterial fluid and thy heart fills it bursts it is a suave whirl of eddying passion an overflowing of intoxication the old woman one need not possess joys in order to taste their bitterness even to view them from afar off begets loathing of them thou must be fatigued by the monotony of the same actions the length of the days the hideousness of the world the stupidity of the sun antony i indeed i loathe all that he shines upon the young woman hermit hermit thou wilt find diamonds among the flints fountains 
beneath the sand a delectation in all the hazards thou dost despise and there are even upon earth places of such beauty that the sight of them would make thee desire to press the whole world against thy heart with love the old woman each evening that thou liest down upon the earth to slumber thou dost hope that it may soon lie upon thee and cover thee the young woman yet thou dost believe in the resurrection of the flesh which is but the translation of life into eternity even as she speaks the old woman becomes still more fleshless and above her skull from which the white hair has disappeared a bat circles in the air the young woman has become fatter her robe gleams with shifting colours her nostrils palpitate her eyes roll softly the former opening her arms exclaiming come to me i am consolation repose oblivion eternal calm the other i am the sleep-giver life happiness inexhaustible antony turns to flee from them each lays a hand on his shoulder the shroud parts exposes the skeleton of death the robe splits asunder and leaves the whole body of lust exposed her waist is slender her long and undulating hair flutters in the wind antony stands motionless between the two considering them death says to him what matters it whether now or at another time thou art mine like suns nations cities kings mountain snows and the grasses of the fields i fly higher than the hawks of heaven i run more swiftly than the gazelle i overtake even hope i vanquish the son of god lust resist not i am the omnipotent the forests re-echo with my sighs the waters tremble with my agitations virtue courage piety dissolve in the perfume of my mouth man i accompany in every step that he makes and even from the threshold of the tomb he turns to me death i will find for thee that which thou hast vainly sought for by the gleam of torches upon the faces of the dead or among these awful sands that are formed of human remains where thou wast wont to wander beyond the pyramids from time to time the fragment of a skull rolled under thy sandal thou didst take up the dust thou didst let it trickle through thy fingers and thy thought blending with it sank into nothingness lust my gulf is deeper marble have inspired loves men rush to conjunctures that terrify fetters are riveted that the fettered curse whence the bewitchment of courtesans the extravagance of dreams the immensity of my sadness death mine irony depasseth all others there are convulsions of delight 
at the funerals of kings at the extermination of a whole people and war is made with music with plumes with harness of gold with vast display of ceremony that my due of homage may be greater lust my rage he calls thine i also yell i bite i too have sweats of agony and aspects cadaverous death it is i that make thee awful let us intertwine death laughs mockingly lust roars they clasp each other about the waist and chant alternately i hasten the dissolution of matter i facilitate the dispersion of germs thou dost destroy for my renovations thou dost engender for my destructions ever active my power fecund my putrefaction and their voices whose rolling echoes fill the horizon deepen and become so mighty that antony falls backwards as if thunder-stricken a shock from time to time causes him to reopen his eyes and he perceives in the midst of the darkness a manner of monster before him it is a skull crowned with roses dominating the torso of a woman nacreously white below a shroud starred with specks of gold forms something like a tail and the whole body undulates after the fashion of a gigantic worm erect on end the vision attenuates disappears antony rising to his feet the devil yet again and under his twofold aspect the spirit of fornication and the spirit of destruction neither affrights me i repel happiness and i know myself to be eternal thus death is only an illusion a veil masking betimes the continuity of life but substance being unique wherefore should forms be varied somewhere there must be primordial figures whose bodily forms are only symbols could i but see them i would know the link between matter and thought i would know in what being consists such were the figures painted at babylon upon the walls of the temple of belus and others like them covered a mosaic in the port of carthage i myself have sometime beheld in the sky as it were forms of spirits those who cross the desert meet with animals surpassing all conception and opposite upon the further side of the nile suddenly appears the sphinx he stretches his paws shakes the bandolets upon his forehead and crouches upon his belly leaping flying spitting fire through her nostrils lashing her winged sides with her dragon tail the green-eyed chimera circles barks the thick curls of her head tossed back upon one side mingle with the hair of her loins on the other side they hang down to the sand quivering with the swinging of her body to and fro the sphinx remaining motionless 
and gazing at the chimera hither chimera rest awhile the chimera no never the sphinx do not run so fast do not fly so high do not bark so loudly the chimera do not call me call me no more since thou must remain for ever dumb the sphinx cease casting thy flames in my face and uttering thy yells in my ear thou canst not melt my granite the chimera thou shalt not seize me terrible sphinx the sphinx thou art too mad to dwell with me the chimera thou art too heavy to follow me the sphinx yet whither goest thou that thou shouldst run so fast the chimera i gallop in the corridors of the labyrinth i hover above the mountains i graze the waves in my flight i yelp at the bottom of precipices i suspend myself with my mouth from the skirts of clouds i sweep the shores with my dragging tail and the curves of the hills have taken their form from the shape of my shoulders but thee i find perpetually immobile or perhaps making strange designs with thy claws upon the sand the sphinx it is because i keep my secret i dream and calculate the sea returns to its bed the wheat bends back and forth in the wind the caravans pass by the dust flies cities crumble and yet my gaze which naught can deviate remains fixed gazing through all intervening things upon a horizon that none may reach the chimera i am light and joyous i offer to the eyes of men dazzling perspectives with paradise in the clouds above and unspeakable felicity afar off into their souls i pour the eternal madnesses projects of happiness plans for the future dreams of glory and vows of love and all virtuous resolutions i urge men to perilous voyages and great enterprises i have chiselled with my claws the wonders of architecture it was i who suspended the little bells above the tomb of porsena and surrounded the keys of atlantis with a wall of orichalcum i seek for new perfumes for vaster flowers for pleasures never felt before if i perceive in any place a man whose mind reposes in wisdom i fall upon him and strangle him the sphinx all those tormented by the desire of god i have devoured in order to climb up to my royal brow the strongest ascend upon the flutings of my bandolets as upon the steps of a stairway then a great lassitude comes upon them and they fall backward antony begins to tremble he is no longer before his cavern but in the desert itself with those two monsters beside him whose breath is hot upon his shoulders the sphinx o oh, thou fantasy bear me away upon thy wings that my sadness may be lightened the chimera o oh, thou unknown 
I am enamoured of thine eyes, like a hyena in heat. I turn about thee, soliciting those fecundations, whereof the desires devour me. Ope thy mouth, lift thy feet, mount upon my back. The sphinx, my feet, since they have been outstretched, can move no more. The lichen, like an eruption, has formed upon my jaws by dint of long dreaming i have no longer aught to say the chimera thou liest hypocrite sphinx wherefore dost thou always call me and always disown me the sphinx it is thou indomitable caprice that dost for ever pass and repass whirling in thy course the chimera is the fault mine what let me be she barks the sphinx thou movest away thou dost escape me he growls the chimera essay thou gushest me the sphinx nay <laughs> impossible and gradually sinking down he disappears in the sand while the chimera ramping with tongue protruding departs describing circles on her way the breath of her mouth has produced a fog through this mist antony perceives wreathing as of clouds undecided curves at last he can distinguish something like the appearance of human bodies End of chapter thirteen